right, everyone. Welcome to episode 66 of the Untitled Gaming Podcast. My name is Zach, and this week I'm joined by Rick. Rick. Chance. Chance. And Pat. What's up, everybody? If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. We are a bi-weekly gaming podcast that aims to entertain as well as inform. We discuss the last couple weeks' biggest gaming news, game reviews, and impressions, and talk about the gaming industry in general. Of course, we don't only discuss games. We occasionally talk about movies, TV shows. Favorite Disney princesses. I have to think about it. It should just be off the cuff. Yeah, I'd, I'd go the Alien Queen from the movie Aliens. Princess Leia, metal bikini. Okay, I guess technically now she's a Disney princess. I don't know. I, fuck it. Uh, I'm going to go with Elsa from Frozen. Sherry from Black Panther would also count. I don't know. I'll just go with uh, Milan. She a princess? I thought she was a commoner. She is. She was she's a commoner. A, well, she's a princess. Okay, I mean... <laughs> I mean, she's considered. I mean, the have you not seen Wreck-It Ralph? Yeah, they had the princess scene, and yeah, she was in she there. she is in there. Yeah, so she's a commoner. That's her movie. She's that street trash. <laughs> she's like the Aladdin of the the group. Although he did he become Sultan? He, yeah, or was he, it, it was they a, did, no, they just changed the law. You can't marry into the royal family. You fucking Aladdin. You're, you're trash. You'll always be trash. Genie <laughs> oh can't help you. <laughs> you know his name is actually pronounced Aladdin. It's Al. <laughs> they whitewashed the crap out of that. Right? <laughs> they called him Al. <laughs> it's actually Aladdin. Nah, dude. Oh he was god. he was pretty white. Oh my god. All right. So this week we'll be discussing the Final Fantasy VII remake. The reveal of the PS5 controller, and there's just a hodgepodge of gaming news that came out, so we're kind of lumping it all into one subject. But first, what have we been playing? Pat. All right, so I actually went back to Control. I know we're talking about getting into games you haven't played and old gems and stuff, but Control released their DLC. It's called The Foundation. It adds like a new area, a new layer to the oldest house, which is the like basement foundation area. And it's like vastly different from the rest of it. It kind of looks like Mars, a lot of like old rocks and different formations. It introduces new powers, new spaces to level up your skill tree, new enemy types, new weapon mods and personal mods. All that is included in there. And then uh, the one thing that they didn't add, which I really wish they would have, is a new form for your service weapon uh that would have been sweet because we do have like the standard forms you have shotgun missile or grenade launcher sniper all that stuff but maybe adding like a i don't know a burst fire oh i guess they kind of do have a burst fire. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> it would have been sweet to also add that because they added all this other stuff so but overall the story is intriguing it the collectibles you can find like the audio tapes and everything it like delves into the history of the oldest house and a director before the last director that you took over for and i'm not going to go into spoilers or anything but i'm really excited to see where they go next with this and i just want more content from that world because it's so awesome and like wacky and crazy and stuff and it adds new side missions one of which is a train chase sequence music video that's awesome (laughs) So, yeah, go go try it out if you were a fan of a Control. It was our Tuggy Award-winning game of the year for 2019. The uh, DLC is 15 bucks for the piece of DLC, or the season pass is 25 for another piece, which people think is going to be an Alan Wake crossover. Ooh. Well worth it. But right now, it is exclusive to PC and PS4. It's coming to Xbox in June, which <clears> is weird, but still. Luckily, I got Control for my PS4. 
And then I also played some Resident Evil 3. We'll talk about that in a second. Go check out my review. And then since I played Resident Evil 3, I didn't really get the survival horror fix I wanted. I started Alien Isolation on Game Pass. And I've played a little bit of that. I'm probably like two or three hours in, and that is definitely not a triple-A game. It's it's like a double-A game. It's like one of those games where the cutscenes look worse than the in-engine gameplay because I think they outsourced them or they just didn't have the technology for like the facial animations and everything, and it just looks a little muddied in the cutscene, and then when it goes into the game, it looks good. But, you know, there's still some some weirdness with like the way the characters like when they're speaking it doesn't align perfectly with the the movement of their lips and everything i just barely scratched the surface of the game where the alien is officially like in the space station with me and i have to like hide and run from him and stuff but he's not the only threat like there's these uh androids that are chasing me that are super hard to kill and they get shot in the face and then stuff starts leaking out and they kind of slow down and i'm like okay is he dead? And then he'll just like look at me with red eyes and start chasing me. I'm like, oh God. And I turned around a corner this one time and there was like four of them coming at me. I'm like, fuck. But it's pretty interesting because it like weakens you significantly because you're not like a fighter. You're not like, you're not Ripley from the, the, the movies. You're her daughter looking for her and she's not as experienced and not as badass yet and stuff. So, but yeah, it's definitely interesting. I'll probably keep playing it, but not amazing so far. Chance. Okay. Uh, I finally beat uh, Prey, Pokemon, and uh, Star Wars. Pokemon. Like Sword or Shield? Shield, do you mean? I consider them like the same thing. Like, how different are they, really? I did beat these those three uh, games, and then the game I want to beat um, that I've been playing is uh, Nier Autonoma. Uh, it's been out since 2015. Just came to Xbox this like, last like year. Like a week or two ago. Oh, was it? That well, I mean, like... It came to Game Pass. I game Pass, yeah. So if you're an Xbox-only person, you have Game Pass. It's free right now. Definitely check it out if you haven't already. It's kind of like a hodgepodge of like different Genre. genres, from like a Galaga to like a third person hack and slash to a two D platformer. I re- highly recommend that game. So give it a shot. Oh, I mean, yeah, I guess I've been playing a lot of Minecraft. You mine things to craft with, and crafting craft things with. to mine with. You truly are. Yeah, the I guess son. technically. <laughs> well, like. I mean, I don't. I never really. The last time I played Minecraft was in high school when it was like free. But um, playing it, it's. I mean, it's just a fun, relaxing game. You don't. You know, the only person I know to rage quit Minecraft is Matt. But <laughs> that's um, unsurprising. But it's no, just like you just like... build things. You try to make your house. You just try to collect materials. I mean, it's 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 definitely evolved since playing it back when it was like at its bare bones, like brand new game. I feel like we need to address the story. Okay, yeah. So okay, so for those of you who have listened to a long time, Matt was on the show a couple of times. He's a friend of the show. He plays a couple of games a lot. He doesn't really play many different games, usually just shooters. So when he's He's good for the multiplayer. He does like the creation types things or whatever. So he got into Minecraft and he we're talking to him about it and he said he got into one time chance wasn't on they're all on the same server or the same realm or whatever you call it and he broke into chance's house and as a prank wanted to put some pandas that can kill you in my art gallery in his art gallery so he broke into your house but it wasn't just about breaking his eye it's there's nothing to break into you can either just walk into my house (laughs) like he needed to break it down to get the pandas there but it took him hours just to get the pandas to your house because he's like i had to trap the pandas and then the the trap i had would kill adult pandas so i had to breed them to get a baby panda And then, <laughs> and then the babies? Yeah, and then he got the baby, and then he put the babies into your house. 
and then he rebuilt the part that he destroyed after Some, like, trying to get them. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, it'll be hilarious because Chance is gonna go in. He's like, what the fuck? And then the, the pandas are gonna kill him. And he's like, this took me three hours to get this down. I had to breathe the pandas. I had to destroy his house. Go get bamboo for yeah. the pandas to breathe. <laughs> Do all this stuff. Get the pandas in there. Remake the house to make it look like nothing had happened. And then apparently you came into the server and went in your house. You're like, what the fuck? And immediately killed the panda within a minute. <laughs> And then to top it all off, he was telling, he was talking to you about it. He's like, what the fuck? I did so much work. And you're like, yeah, I was on the Discord channel when you were talking about it. I heard you being frustrated for three hours. And he's like, wait, you were on that channel? So not only did he spend three hours doing this... <laughs> for, for a prank that didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> it was also a prank you were completely aware of. <laughs> he failed at all levels. <laughs> oh, and then he died after. Like, he oh, he died out. several he, times. He was really yeah. upset. <laughs> like, he's ta- he was like quiet. And he's like, like I-, I fixed it. It's gone now. And then he went and died. And then he just fucking logged off. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, Mac Breach quit. Uh, and you're like, it's such a relaxing game, but like, not for <laughs> But, like, Matt did that to himself. He made an incredibly relaxing game incredibly stressful for no reason. But, like, that's one of the funniest Minecraft stories I've ever heard. So, yeah, I've been playing a lot of Minecraft, too. (laughs) Rick? Um, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, which we'll get to in a little bit. Some Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. Just trying to get back into that. But, yeah, most of my time has been consumed by uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, for me, uh, I've been playing, well, we've been playing and streaming on Mixer a lot of Siege, which has been going absolutely terribly. We're not good at this game. We're not as like good as we thought we were. We, we used to be very good, and now we're just not anymore. Even before we started streaming, I feel like we were doing decent. It's when we started streaming, it just went downhill. I don't know why. <laughs> like, I don't, I, I don't know what's going on. Like, I'll play, like, a warm-up game or two, like, prior to the game, and I'll send Pat the picture, like, I have ten kills right now, and then we start the stream, and I, like, can't get more than two. I do want to get all. more into streaming, like, other games and stuff. Yeah, so. no, absolutely. What uh, games would you want to do? Super Smash. All right. You need to buy something to figure that out to get that to work. We can figure out a way. Probably. Anyway, yeah. No, that'd be fun to fun game to stream. Let's see what we else. talked about Bleeding Edge. Yeah, we've I've been playing Bleeding Edge. I've tried Warzone a couple times. Uh, Call of Duty's newest battle royale. It's all right. It's 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 all right. Honestly, <laughs> I, I, every time I played, I've, I've dropped, ran around, seen absolutely nothing until like, the and then era. suddenly like, oh, I'm dead. It's a Bleeding Edge. No, no, no. no. Warzone. Warzone. Call of Duty Warzone. Yeah. No, Animal Crossing Warzone. <laughs> 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 I dropped and then died. Minecraft Warzone. <laughs> no, um, no, like, like, no, I agree with Rick. Like, I'll drop, find guns and shit. We'll get a loadout drop. And then we'll run around. And then all of a sudden there's like 20 people around in the same area. There's like no graduality to the game at all. Well, it's like 150 people or something, right? It's more yeah. than the 100. Uh, every time I play it, I still don't know the map. And yeah, the I map. played with randoms. I haven't played with any of you guys. So I'll drop... But I won't be like speaking to them. So they'll drop in some other space and then they die. And then I'm just by myself or like I'll die. And then yeah. they're like by themselves. The gulag is a cool concept though. I really do like that. It like, sucks though when you, you get that extra chance. But if you fuck up, like, oh, fuck. Yeah. It's like, I'm done. I mean, I lost twice. Even having that extra. Yeah. It's, it's, a, bit, it's a bit of like a screw you if you lose in the gulag because then, yeah, you've lost twice basically. But it's nice even having that extra chance to get back into the game. 
rather than just yeah. having to be like respawned. What sucks and adds like more disappointment is if you get you know, a lot of straight, you die, you get to the gulag, you win, you come back with nothing, and then you yeah. die immediately again. And then your really teammate reses you, and then but you they die. put you back like right where you were, right? So like you can go pick up your shit. Yeah, but the guy's still usually there. <laughs> oh, <but laughs> you picked up unless your, shit your teammate then. like helped clear the squad or whatever. But yeah, yeah. So. so yeah, so try that out. It's all right. Nothing too crazy. Um, I rolled credits on AC2 for like the seventh time or eighth time in my life, and I'm replaying Brotherhood again. Hey, we're so. on the same page. Yeah, high five. I've semi gotten back into playing some more PC games. I'm playing Heroes of Might and Magic 3, and I'm going on a nostalgia kick and playing Backyard Baseball again. Backyard Baseball? Is Backyard that Pablo? Yeah, Pablo Sanchez. I love He's Pablo. The He's the best. Pablo's OP because he's, like, the fastest character in the game. So, like, if he gets, he's like... the fastest character, the best pitcher, the best batter, the best... No, no, he's, like, he's got, like a, like, a like a glass cannon. I know he's, like, he's not, like, he's just, like, the fastest. No, no, he's, like, sick in everything. There's in no back- way they'd make him so... Yeah, he's, like he's called the secret weapon. He's legit the best player in the game. Uh-huh. In backyard football, he's better than most of the professional players they put in the game. Like he's, uh, whatever. The best not player that in that game is... It's been a while since I played, so but maybe yeah. you know something I don't know. But it's been fun getting back into the... <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's what I've been playing. So, Do we have housekeeping stuff? Yeah, check out review for RE3, our review for... Final Fantasy VII Remake. Should be up by the time you're hearing this. Rick's first review! Woo! All right. Also, the review for charity thing has been extended from Podchaser, so go review our podcast and donate. Also, keep checking our Twitter because we're posting whenever we start streaming and stuff, so check us out. We yep. can really use the support. Tweet at us which games you want us to stream. Uh, I've been trying to get a Valorant code to stream that. It's not going well. All right, so Final Fantasy VII Remake Impressions. Rick, you've been playing it, so I'll kind of let you... and you. Completed it, so I'll kind of let you... You've beaten it. Yeah, I have beaten it. How long did it take you? It took me about 29 and a half hours. Kind of like with the original Final Fantasy VII, when you kind of go into your menu, you can actually see the clock still counting down, so you're not really paused. So at one point, I did help my neighbor move a couch. So my might have been closer to like 29 hours and 15 minutes. But yeah, if you listen to the podcast before, you know I'm kind of a... I'm a nostalgic guy. I love revisiting older games, especially games that meant a lot to me, and this really met every expectation that I had. Uh, the story, it's only probably about maybe a fifth of the total story. Uh, it's basically until you get out of Midgard. I guess spoilers, but you know, it's the game's been out since 1997. You leave a city that you enter. Yeah. <laughs> you, you start it off in the city, and then eventually you leave it and go around the rest of the world. Um, but yeah, it's just that initial part. You're a part of Avalanche, an eco-terrorist group, trying to save the planet. Um, yeah, and they're actually able to expand upon a lot more characters. Uh, back then, with like Jess, Jesse, Biggs, and Wedge, who are also a part of Avalanche, maybe had like a line or two. They are now a lot more extensive in the game, uh, add a lot more character to them. Their fates are slightly different than they were in the original. Uh, this game kind of relies a lot on fate. Actually, fate plays uh, an enemy, almost. Or a friend, depending on what you're doing and what you're trying to do. That's definitely a, a weird curveball that they threw into the mix. So, they expanded the story, but are they still staying like true to the original, kind of? Without giving away any spoilers, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are some you know, people that definitely died in the original that are still around at the end of this. And, it, and there are some enemies that you face much later in the game. That they kind of gave you like a teaser battle with in this game. 
So it's kind of like Game of Thrones. Like the the show is based on the books, but it does take some liberties and expands on stuff and removes some other things. And yep, and there's been a lot of fan theories about what they're going to remove, if anything, because there's a pivotal point in the middle of the game where one of the main characters dies, um, and a lot of people are thinking that hey, maybe they'll throw us like a weird curveball and not have that character die, but some other character. Um, but they are showing you like flashes of not only your past. But the future uh, that you can see. Um, so is it is, like a framing device? Like it starts off at the end of like the fifth game and <laughs> no, 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 no. It'll just be like in some cutscenes. Like you'll see Zach. Hey, I'm Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> and Zach was uh, one of uh, Cloud's teammates earlier on before this story even happens, and I guess plays a pivotal role in the background with actually not being a playable character until Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core came out for the uh, PSP. That was probably around 2007, 2008. It's cool seeing Zach, especially since you really don't see him until later on in the game. It's always nice seeing Zach. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, Sephiroth has a lot of appearances, even though during this part of the original game, he was kind of mentioned a couple times. You might have saw him once or twice, but you really didn't get a lot of Sephiroth's FaceTime. Now you're getting a lot more. Okay. Um, what about combat? How has that been? Uh, combat, I I really enjoy the combat. It's a little, it's definitely different. It's not the turn-based, like, okay, wait your turn, now you can strike. Wait your turn, okay, now you can strike. Um, there are some similarities, though, that they were able to kind of shoehorn in there or, like, impose onto this combat. It's basically uh, square is your attack of uh, your cloud. If you hit triangle, you go into this punisher mode where you're slower, but your attacks hit harder. And if you uh, block and somebody attacks you with a physical attack, uh, you do a counter move, which is pretty powerful. There's a few bosses there where I was like, you know, why the, why the hell am I not guarding? And I just guarded and I like I stagger them. Um, they also have a meter underneath their health, uh, their stagger meter. So if that gets high enough, then they kind of go down a little bit they and they become more vulnerable. It, I, I thought it was really, really fluid. There were some areas that were a little iffy as far as combat goes. Um, like you have a set amount of abilities especially for your close-range combat people like Cloud or Tifa, where you know some of them take actually quite a bit of energy from your ATP, ATB gauge, and they don't, they're not always guaranteed to hit. So yeah, sometimes I'll be like, okay, cool, I'm going to select you know, Braver. I'm going to select this soldier that I want to hit, and then add a, like, kind of charge it up a little bit, and you're like, oh, like does a little, like, um, animation yeah like a little animation for it and then your enemy say if he walks like maybe like three feet to the left it'll miss you just miss and then uh, like you're out that ability that's um for a little bit because it does have the atb gauge which is kind of like uh, turn-based it allows you to use items uh magic or abilities kind of adds in the whole turn base to it but you can always use your regular attack do you feel like this because this is only part of the remake do you think it like had a a good standalone story or honestly the way it ended i do think that it had a, a really nice standalone story but also open the gates up for next time and i've been seeing that with a lot of some of my favorite games that i played this past year i know uh outer worlds was a great standalone game but like i'm sure the sequel is going to be amazing jedi fallen jedi, jedi fallen order like i'm really excited to see what happens next but as a standalone story especially if you aren't really familiar with the final fantasy 7 story i think it worked out really really well they, what's weird to me is that they're marketing this as Final Fantasy VII Remake when it's not, like the complete package. 
And then they said the other ones are going to be full games. They they haven't said how many or when they'll be releasing. Or how long do you estimate it'll be before we get the next part? Or how many parts do you think there'll be? I'm hoping now that they have basically everything in order, like voice actors, basically their entire development of it is already kind of set. Hopefully within the next year, they just go year by year by year. I would I wouldn't mind. It'll um, give me a lot of time to kind of beat this one into the ground, find all the items that I missed my first time around. Um, and hopefully that you carry over those items. I know I saw the level cap in this one, or at least there's a uh, there's a trophy for getting up to level 50. Uh, when I beat like the entirety of the original game, I was around like level 65. So I'm just wondering if this carries over. I am playing the original side by side with it. I'm almost like met up with myself. Story wise, yeah, story wise, and I'm about four hours in compared to the 29 it took me to beat it. So they have a lot more like ground to cover, like a substantial more ground to cover. But all the extra things they added in there that took up more time really didn't seem like it was wasting time. It's not like I was running from one area of the map to the other just to kind of get this one item to come all the way back. It wasn't like annoying. I thought it was fun. It was engaging the entire time. Uh, One thing that does kind of suck is uh, the original Final Fantasy VII. You're able to build your team up a little bit more and kind of pick and choose who you want to keep around. Uh, But of course, that does happen later on in the game. So the fact that it doesn't happen so much in like this installment, it makes sense. All right, I'm going to talk a little bit about RE3. I know I talked about it last podcast. I hadn't officially beat it then, uh, but I have now. Go check out my review. And then, as Rick said before, his review should be online by the time you're hearing this uh, for Final Fantasy VII. So go check out that as well. Those of you know, I have not played the original RE2 or RE3. And I was really excited for RE3 Remake because I had played RE2 Remake last year. And that was like one of my favorite games last year. That survival horror, it just hit at the right time. It had a great story, great gameplay. It felt modern. It didn't feel like it was a remake. It felt like it was a brand new game being released in 2019. So going back to that, just I was really excited. I ended up beating this RE3 in about five hours. The difference between RE3 and RE2 is there's no second playthrough campaign there's only one character you're playing as well technically there's two because there are sections where you're playing as carlos but it's very short sections i think it's like two or three moments where you're playing as carlos and they're way more actiony than the rest of the game in fact the rest of the game is more actiony than the uh, previous entry they kind of took away some of those survival horror elements i talked about this last podcast i think where it feels like anytime an enemy is coming up it gives you what you need to beat that enemy somewhere in the environment before that fight. Like, if I find the elements needed to make acid rounds, I know there are hunters coming. If I find, like, a bunch of shotgun ammo or something like that, I know there's probably a palehead coming up. Because RE2, it felt like, okay, I got four shotgun shots. Mr. X is going to be in the hallway. I know there's two zombies I ran from before. I don't want to deal with that. I'm going to have to just evade them and save my ammo. And in this one, it's like, there's no dilemma. I'm going to be able to fight them. I'm going to have enough ammunition and stuff to fight them. So it takes away some of that tension. And then in the previous game, you're in that one location. It feels like a little claustrophobic. And uh, Mr. X was chasing you for most of that campaign. In this one, there's only certain story elements, uh, chase sequences that happen 
where uh, Nemesis is chasing you. And it's usually like he has that rocket launcher and he's aiming at you and you just have to get back to the train station. So it's like a set path that you have to take. So it's not as the tension is gone. Surprise. It's Nemesis. Just out of nowhere. It's like, okay, at this certain point, Nemesis is going to come in and chase you. Yeah. And it's, he's going to chase me till the next cutscene that I know. And then now he's not a threat anymore until the next time I see him break through a wall, like a Michael Bay movie or something like that. So So it's not like Mr. X where it's like, all right, cool. Everything's fine. I'm just going through the store. Holy. I hear his footsteps. Oh God, he's coming. (laughs) Yeah. And in this one, it's like, nemesis makes his entrance and he's coming after you for the next 10 minutes and then he's gone for the next hour and then he's back again so it it takes away that like survival horror tension that i was really hoping for and that's actually why i went to alien isolation because i'm like i didn't really get that from this game so i wanted to go play uh alien isolation and it it is a shorter game because yeah the campaign probably took me around like five to six hours for re2 but then I played it again with the other character and there had different elements and it just it felt different enough to make me want to go play it again. And that added another five hours or so, four or five hours for the second playthrough. In this one, it's strictly just Jill's campaign. It felt more like DLC, honestly. And I think th- they probably knew that because Capcom added RE Resistance packaged in with this. I did play Resistance for a little bit, but it's like not it doesn't scratch that survival horror itch either because it's like the multiplayer 4v1 where one is the dungeon master and he can spawn zombies and stuff and you just have to escape it's like the storyline is that um umbrella corporation is doing testing on human subjects and that's what's going on and they somehow have the technology to spawn zombies in certain areas and then all this stuff and then at some point yeah you do get to control Mr. X and other zombies and stuff to try and prevent the people from escaping. and But it adds that multiplayer stuff to it, so it's a little glitchy. Overall, it's not something that I definitely would recommend. I feel like that is like a free-to-play game that they just added to this. And it's it's not really... If you're looking for that classic survival horror RE gameplay, it's not going to be in this game. So I'd wait for this to go on sale if you really want to play it. I'm surprised they didn't do like a $30 version of this as DLC for RE2. I think that would have been good. And I'm, I'm hoping with the next entry in the RE franchise, they don't do a remake, but they do like a new game using this engine, going back to those survival horror elements. So I've heard multiple reports that they're doing, what, eight? I've heard that eight is in development, but and there's a also remake of four. a remake of four. And uh, I've heard four is like an amazing game. Four's great. Yeah. Four, four, four was great, but it's been like basically remastered for every possible system mm-hmm. you could like think of ever since the gamecube or like put yeah, gamecube ps2 you know three four six. is the one in the train right no no zero is the one in the train uh okay. four is the one in the eastern european town and there's oh the, know, vill- the village yeah the village okay, and yeah. then like people's like pop people's heads off but there's something that kind of comes out of their head and you kill them even more probably get it for your switch now i, I guess yeah it's, it's definitely on the switch I got. I had it for the Wii, and it was great because it was kind of like Duck Hunt, but heads blew up. It was a blast. It was a really fun game to play, but I think it might be a little too recent. If they maybe t- went to like Code Veronica, which was probably my favorite in the original Resident Evil series, um, a lot of character, a lot of depth, like a lot of fun. That'd be nice, but I guess they're going straight to four, and they're also working on eight. I really wish that they just kind of hold off on the remakes for now because I think some of the the magic is lost 
this being so recent to re2 you know mm-hmm. like it's like okay i did play a lot of the same gameplay because they, they haven't changed much uh you do you are able to punch zombies now as uh carlos and jill can like evade them a little quicker but other than that there aren't many gameplay elements it's not like they've added in many new weapons or anything like that you do go to the same environment at one point so it feels a lot of the same as last year and last year it just it was like holy shit i haven't played something like this recently and now it's like i did play something better than this last year so i think that's why so maybe hold off a couple years maybe wait till the ps5 and the the xbox series x is like you know in its second year or something and then release the remake but an original game is something i want more from them so resident evil 8 is what i'd really be excited for so that's kind of our thing. Go check out our reviews for our like final scores and everything. They're more concise. And those of you who did listen to the the Doom slash Animal Crossing episode, uh, we did get some positive feedback from that. So we're going to do that again with Resident Evil 3 Remake and Final Fantasy 7 Remake. Nice, nice. Because me and Rick have played these games. Right. And Chance and Zach haven't. So we've come up with some statements that could apply to both. And it's your job to try and figure out which game this is describing. I want so. to dig deep into my vast knowledge of Final Fantasy and Resident Evil for this. Well, hopefully you were paying attention when we were just talking about that. <laughs> Even still, bro. <laughs> All right. Just want to take turns? Yeah. And obviously, just because I'm saying it doesn't mean I'm describing that. No, yeah, yeah. no, it's the same thing that we did, yeah. All right. Uh, the remake relies on action gameplay, almost to a fault. That's Resident Evil chance what do you think i don't know i'll go resident evil 2 i think that well i guess it's resident evil 3 yeah that is resident evil 3 uh it, it is a too actiony i think it was the two of fault that like, that's bad right <laughs> <laughs> all right uh the original had much more content as some of the sections were removed for the remake I feel like that should be Final Fantasy because we just talked about it. But then he might be trying to screw with us. I don't know. I think it's Resident Evil. I'm going to go with Final Fantasy. You're going with Final Fantasy? It is Resident Evil. Dang, I knew it. I knew you were trying to fuck <laughs> There are sections in the original game that were removed this time around. Like a, they had an amusement park and they had like a clock tower section and mm-hmm. stuff. And all that is just like one cutscene that happens. So they, they took out a lot of that gameplay. And that's why, that's why people are kind of sour on this because they're like... In RE2 Remake, you added some stuff, and in this one, you took some stuff out. It doesn't right. really make sense, but yeah. I triple bluffed myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One of the most difficult bosses is a horribly mutated house. <laughs> Zach is just staring. Like, oh, God. I'm just going to go Final Fantasy. I don't even think it's either of these games. That's like Luigi's Mansion or something. It's got to be one of those. Luigi's Mansion 3. Yeah, let's go with Final Fantasy. That is correct. All right. All right. Last one, or maybe we'll do one more. I don't know. You rely on punching more than you think. Final Fantasy. (laughs) I'm going to say Resident Evil. Final Fantasy. (laughs) All right. You're up against an evil corporation mutating humans and animals. I'm about to triple bluff. I'm going to go Final Fantasy. Uh, see, like, I feel like that should be Resident Evil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I don't want to say <laughs> Resident Evil, but I'm going to. It's both. Yeah. <laughs> I know Resident Evil for sure. So neither of you are right. <laughs> that was one I just threw in. Yeah, I, I acted like I was reading. Well played. Well played. Acting. <laughs> Acting. <laughs> but yeah, that was, that, awesome. that, was, that was it. Cool. That's, that's awesome. a little fun. I think we'll do that in the future when two games release kind yeah, of close. I like it. It's yeah. fun. Trademarked. TM by TP. Similar statement game. <laughs> SSG. <laughs> similar, similar statement game. TP. <laughs> Let's just do an in memorandum real fast for not slow news. Slow not slow news. <laughs> not slow news is a new segment where I usually list off headlines really fast. Uh, but since we do have a hodgepodge of news coming up for our third topic, we we're just going to talk about um, how we lost some voice actors um, mm-hmm. in the past couple weeks. Uh, some due to COVID-19, some not. But uh, start off with Rick May. He was a voice actor in Star Fox. He was uh, with Soldier and uh, Team Fortress. Mm-hmm. Do a barrel roll. Do a barrel roll. Barrel rolling in his grave. <laughs> Oh God. God damn it. <laughs> Fuck you, Pat. That was really good. That was, that was well played. <laughs> we were terrible. I might cut that we out. We shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> I might leave it in. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> You're fine. Uh, Philippe uh, Duarte. Uh, he was a voice actor in Days Gone. As died at age 46. His days are gone. Are you done? That's shocking. Fuck up. That's shocking. That's shocking. So bad. No disrespect. <laughs> I'm just too witty. All right, and then another one. Is uh, it Kiji uh, Fujiwara? Passed away. He was actually featured as uh, Reno in the Resident Evil, uh, or not Resident Evil, but Final Fantasy VII remake. I uh, also did some voices in Full Metal Alchemist, Kingdom Hearts, and Final Fantasy XV. I think he be. was Axel, right? Kingdom Hearts? Probably. The end of his yeah, role in the remake? Alright, you're done. That was a good one. Alright, so, our second topic. The PS5 controller was revealed. It will be a DualSense controller, so for those of you who've played PlayStation are really familiar with it, this is Kind of a step away from their dual shock that they've used for the previous four generations. Uh, they said that this will keep much of what gamers love about Dual Shock 4 intact while also adding new functionality and refining the design. So touch and haptic feedback were a big inspiration for this design. Yeah, so it's it's kind of crazy that they're changing the name. Everybody thought like, you know, it's called PS5, it'll become with the Dual Shock 5. But the fact that they're changing the name means that they're kind of going all out for this haptic feedback functionality. I don't know how <laughs> else to describe it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So it. what do they mean by haptic <laughs> feedback? Basically the adaptive triggers that are going to be incorporated in the R2 and L2 buttons. So like the tension you feel with your actions, like if you like draw a bow and arrow, uh, you'll feel that, that um, resistance basically. The Xbox One controller has had these since 2013. Yeah. So they've had adaptive triggers. So before it's just like... Controllers in the 360 and previous generations just had that one rumble trigger in the center of the controller, which gave you just like, oh, you're being hit. We're going to rumble the whole controller. Uh, with the Xbox One, they added in two 
rumble motors in each trigger and then there's two right near the control sticks as well so you have four in that controller which can have different settings like low high medium or whatever instead of just off and on so it provides a lot of different variations to what kind of feeling you get so we, we saw like turn 10 use this in forza at launch if one of your your, your tires were like you know drifting or something like that you could tell which one based on where it was rumbling right. um but we we really haven't seen any third parties take advantage of this because the ps4 controller didn't have that so maybe with parity between these two because now both controllers are going to have adaptive triggers we'll be able to see more games actually taking advantage of this and i'm sure sony's first party studios like, uh horizon 2 they, t- they talk about this uh, tension of drawing a bow that's definitely going in Horizon 2. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, there's also going to be a, a built-in microphone array, so this will let you chat with players fairly easily without a headset. And there was also the rumor of a Sony digital assistant coming with the PS5. Yeah, there was that uh, leaked patent or whatever that Sony had uh, previously. I think this was like sometime last year, where it was basically a digital assistant like Cortana or Siri or whatever. Yeah, what do you think the name's going to be? Sony. Drake. Draco Malfoy. If they get the license, <laughs> that would be the weirdest thing ever. Sup, Hagrid, turn on PS5. <laughs> but, like, mostly uh, this this patent was talking about how, like, you can ask this digital assistant for help with a game. Like, Oh, Sonia. There you go. Fucking goddammit. Why are you using logic all of a sudden? What? <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> Sonia. Please. <laughs> Tina, uh, uh, Tina in there somehow. Plastasia. Did you hear about Tom? He's got the Blastasia. <laughs> that sound like a disease here, right? It's terminal. Yeah, I can't even say it. So the idea is that you can talk to this digital assistant with help for games. Like, I can't find this last pigeon in GTA. Please help me, Sonia. And then she'll like search the database or whatever and tell you, oh, this is the one you're missing or whatever. People were kind of angry when this came out because the patent mentioned microtransactions involving these tips and uh, it leading you to like, oh, you're having trouble with this boss? Go buy this $5 pack and get <laughs> the extra experience and stuff. Like they can bake that into the system. So people are like, I don't want that. Like, hopefully there's a way to opt out of that. Right. So You get um, killed by this gun. Go to this marketplace to buy it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's it's an interesting concept, um, not specifically for the uh, the digital assistant, because I'm amazing at games. I don't really need help at all. But uh, the fact that you can quickly just have conversations like in party chat or whatever, there's, right. all those, there's always a person who's like, I can't find my mic or I haven't used my mic in three years, so it could be anywhere or whatever. <laughs> uh, like a lot of us already have mics and you'll, you'll still probably get the best experience with a mic and headset chat with yeah. a mic and headset but the fact that it's there and able to use you know quickly if you're in a game and you're like fucking team go to b already like that's it's going to be an easy way to do that that'd be hilarious if the assistant is like your teammate is still you fucking team <laughs> <laughs> uh, go to this marcus place to buy better teammates <laughs> You're wondering why you're trying to take C That's when you have A and B. Just secure A and B. Exactly. You don't need C. That is a microtransaction I can get behind. <laughs> I would absolutely go all in for that. Um, so the design of the controller, it feels smaller than what it is. The angle of the hand triggers were changed. Obviously, 
I have not held the controller. So that's that's sure what they were saying. That's what they're saying. I already feel like the DualShocks are kind of small anyway, especially compared to like an Xbox controller. Yeah. Like, Obviously, if you haven't seen a picture of this controller, go to our Twitter. Go to It's pretty much everywhere at this point. But we right. did tweet it out with the uh, high-res images from the different angles. Go to our Twitter. Check out the design. You can see like the different angles. It, it is like a, a big departure from their standard DualShocks that they've been keeping with the last four generations. The biggest change, though... The two-tone color with white as the primary and black as the accent. So this is kind of giving us an insight to what the console might look like. You're not going to see like a white controller paired with a black console. Typically, it would be it would be of, very weird. It would be, it would clash. But also on top of that, Sony hasn't released a white console at launch ever in their history. Uh, PlayStation yeah. three and four were both black. PS two and one were silver. PS1 was gray. Yep. Gray. Yeah. PS2, PS2 was black. Was black. PS3 was black. Was PS4 black? black. PS2 was black. Yeah, it was black. I've, so, I've had a silver one. So I PS1 was, was the only one that was gray. And then they've had it's white. It's also the only system that was gray. They, yeah. They've had white consoles or like different colored consoles, but those are usually like the special edition ones. Like my PS4 Pro is white and that's the Destiny special bundle or whatever. It's so weird that our Xbox and PlayStations are different colors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, it is because... The 360 and the Wii were white, and the PlayStation was black, and now the the Switch and the Xbox Series X are going to be black, and the PlayStation is probably going to be primarily white. Yeah. Changing it up. I like it. I like it. I'd be surprised if it isn't two-tone, because this one is white and black, so the console probably, probably is going to be white, white and like black. white with black axis. I would be surprised if it was like an all-white console. Fuck it. It's going to be purple. <laughs> <laughs> Do we think it's going to be vastly different in design of the console like the xbox one is a, a vertical tower do you think sony's going to stick with that like horizontal bar design but just be the different colors or do you think it's going to be an even bigger departure in that terms they've been pretty consistent um since the playstation 2 where they can either go vertical or horizontal so i think they might just stick with that yeah I'd, I'd prefer that anyway. I like the horizontal style anyway. Well, I mean, with the Series X, you can also do vertical or horizontal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Absolutely. But, like, the shape is, like, it It'll be sticks like out. From It'll, the be rest. It'll be a triangle. It'll be a triangle. Was that... Didn't they have that commercial for the PlayStation 9 or something? <laughs> oh, that, that was Which actually... was, like, a floating orb or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what if that's the five? <laughs> we went back to our designs <laughs> from our marketing team. Fucking guilty spark just walking. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so other like anatomical things on the controller that changed the position of the light bar has been moved. So now Thank it sits. <laughs> so now it sits on either side of the touchpad as opposed to being like the top of the controller. Yeah, because this is what I never understood. Like I know it was for specifically for VR, which came later. But at launch, I'm like this giant light, light on the back. I can't even see it if I'm fi- like looking directly at the controller. I have to hold it up like this, yeah. Or I have to see it reflected Flexing directly it. off yeah. the TV. Like this is a terrible design. And then it's like, okay, and on top of that, it be, helps kill the battery too because you have to. Yeah, yeah, you need to be able to see it for the like the camera needs to be able to see it. But that came so much later. That moment, I was like, this is a terrible design. Well, now it's been moved that it's not on the front at all. So right. hopefully, it won't have that same problem of being reflected in the dark. It's just two sides next to the the touchpad facing you. So uh, I know I've complained about the light bar a lot, but there have been some interesting mechanics developers have introduced with that, like uh, specifically in Resident Evil. If you are super low on health, like you're in danger, it's a red light. If you're like in uh, caution, the yellow health, the light's yellow. And then if you're 
completely fine. The light's green. So without going into the menu, you can tell how much health you have. Um, so that's, that's a nice mechanic. Uh, I know some of them do different things based on like it blinks red. You're being seen in a stealth game versus if it's just a solid color, you're not. Maybe they can keep doing that, but have it be less intrusive in your actual like dark living room. I would still love the option to be able to turn off the light bar just to conserve battery and not be super annoying in a dark room. But kind of like you have the option to turn off like the sounds coming out of your controller, yeah, yeah. which can really freak you out. Like say out of nowhere a baby is crying out of your <laughs> controller. Thank you, Death Stranding. What the fuck? <laughs> I love that game so much, but what the fuck? <laughs> they did talk about how the PS5 will be backwards compatible with the PS4 games, mm-hmm. including PSVR. So I think that's why this touchpad is there to begin with, because you still need that compatibility for the the console to be able to see the controller. The share button has been replaced with a create button. Now, they said there were going to be more details to come out closer at launch. I know Pat was texting me, or I think he was texting the group about this. We can't imagine it being much more different than the share button that they already have. Well, there there are some interesting ideas that people I saw posting about, like, what if instead, like, because right now the share button's like, here, go this, you can share this screenshot directly to Twitter or whatever your social platform is, or it'll open the app to trim the clip and you can upload it to YouTube and all that. What if they allow you to just now add the meme filters or, like, mm-hmm. make a GIF and then post it wherever or whatever, like, adding a little bit more functionality to it? that we already see people doing this just removes the step of having to upload it, download it, edit it somewhere else, and then post it. Now you can just do everything directly from your console. So I'd I'd be fine with that. I just don't want it to be like, again, super intrusive or like take you out of the action or whatever. Just make it be quick, functional and do whatever. And the color was removed from the face button. So your X circle, triangle and square. Yeah. So red, green and purple respectively. How do you tell the difference? There's no purple. I thought square was yellow. It was pink or something, wasn't it? Yellow, red, blue, green. But a swore square was purple. Is it not the same as the I Xbox I thought square controller? was like pink no. or it was a red or something. I'm pretty sure there's no yellow red. on that PlayStation controller. I mean, he has a controller. You should know this. <laughs> I'm colorblind. Oh, it is pink. Oh. Yeah, pink. Yeah, pink is purple. Yeah, yeah. I've just been thinking of the Xbox controller, so I thought it was yellow this entire time. So, uh, yeah, so, but they've removed the, the color completely from those. So now it's just kind of like the, the outline of like the X and the. Which I'm fine with. It's just when my non gamer friends are over and we're playing something or like, you know, I give them the controller to try something out. They'll be like, okay, how do I do this? I'll, I'll just say like, press the, the blue button or the green button or whatever. Right. And now I have to physically say the shape. It's not that much of an inconvenience, but. You know, I think it's easier to as- associate a color to something than it is yeah. a shape. Yeah, but. that's fair. So, yeah, uh, let's see. More of kind of like the hardware stuff involved with it. There is going to be the internal battery, obviously, with a USB-C connection. They're emphasizing battery life, which we talked about previously. It was an issue with the DualShock, with the light bar, and all that kind of stuff. Now, hopefully with the smaller light bar, this doesn't happen like where they've moved it. Hopefully you don't get this like battery draining issue. Well, now you also have a speaker, hopefully that isn't monitoring you constantly. Hopefully you can just press a button or something to initiate a chat versus being on currently monitoring like the entire time, because that would also drain battery life. And then the last thing we want to talk about as far as like the controller goes is Jim Ryan released a statement saying the following, the new controller along with the many innovative features in PS5 
will be transformative for games, continuing our mission at PlayStation to push the boundaries of play now and in the future. To the PlayStation community, I truly want to thank you for sharing this exciting journey with us as we head toward PS5's launch in holiday 2020. We look forward to sharing more information about PS5, including the console design in the coming months. Launch in holiday 2020! So yeah, I'm pretty sure they're they're set on launching 2020, mm-hmm. barring some like huge Disaster, circumstances, right, like, more so than what is already going on. Basically, I don't think COVID-19 itself is going to stop the PS5 from coming out. But I do want to talk about him saying like, innovative features, transformative for games and stuff. Usually with a new console launch, there's a huge graphical step, and that's what defines the next generation. This time around, it's not going to be a huge step. Yes, ray tracing is great and everything. But it's not going to be as astronomical as it was from generation 3 to 4. Yeah, it's like a smaller step, especially since we've had the mid-generation consoles Mm -hmm. uh, with the Xbox One X and the PS5 or PS4 Pro. Pro. Too many console names. (laughs) But so... The way that PlayStation 5 is trying to kind of earmark and separate the generations is doing these additional features. So with the controller and haptic feedback and like you'll be able to feel the tension, you you can have, you know, talk to your console with a digital assistant. There's going to be a better sound experience with us getting pictures of your ears and stuff to basically show like this is why you need to upgrade. Right. And that's the the step that they're taking. That's the the stance that they're taking. They want you to upgrade because it's going to be a different experience. With Xbox, we've seen they're like our games are still going to release on both for the first 2 years. Everything is like your library comes with you. Everything works both forward and backwards. If you want the new controller on the old console, that's going to work. If you want the old controller on the new console, that's going to work. Um all this stuff. They're trying to take away that generation mark and then PlayStation 5 is going like, like hardcore. Like this is definitely a step. Yeah, it's up. definitely a different approach from both where you're right. Like PlayStation is being way more um, distinct about this is the this is the difference between our generations and Xbox is much more comfortable taking the approach of kind of like blending and kind of like weaning people off of Xbox One and then moving them on to see. Yeah, it's like so. we want you to be part of the Xbox ecosystem, whether that's on Xbox One, PC, yeah. Xbox Series X or, you know, wherever. And Sony's like, we want you to get a PS5 because this, this, and this. So it's interesting. I don't think, because people have been speculating, like, will the PS5 exclusive games also come to PS4 for the first two years, like have people have said for Xbox? I don't think that'll be the case for Sony. No, it's not how Sony rolls. No, they've rolled for a while. What do you guys think of this strategy? Is there a clear one you prefer, or do you think there's going to be a more successful approach between the two? Right now, it's just kind of wait and see. They haven't really, I think either of them really haven't revealed way too much, just quite yet. So I think in the next couple of months, we're going to have a lot more information. Yeah, I think they they have a lot more to say, a lot more to show us. And they've showed us quite a bit so far, but it's just tip of the iceberg. Like, we know so much more about the Xbox than the PlayStation, but it's all like hearsay. Like, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to do this. Here's a controller, but you have no idea what the console even well, looks they did like. Do, PlayStation well, did do that whole full specs thing. Yeah, but speaking of that, the way they revealed this, that's, that's a good segue into that, because this was just out of the blue. They just dropped like, hey, here's the controller and all this stuff. And then like a week later, there was a report. Uh, I forget who, maybe Bloomberg or something was talking about how they're probably going to have a limited supply of the PS5 and they don't know what to price it at yet and all this stuff. Again, that's 
rumors and stuff. But one of the interesting lines in that was they revealed the controller this way is because last week the controller went out to development kits and they were afraid of it being leaked. So just to get ahead of the leaks, they're like, here's everything here. That's why there was no fanfare. That's why there was no revealing it with the console that you traditionally see. When do you guys think we'll get the reveal? I mean, whenever they decide to randomly drop the video talking about it, it seems like. It seems like they're just going to, everybody's just going to dump giant steamers on us around June. And that's when it's just going to be overload of information. And we're just going to be waiting until then. Well, we don't have barely any new games. Since I beat Final Fantasy VII, uh, my my view is pretty bleak. There's still Cyberpunk. Oh, yeah, there's still Cyberpunk 2077. There's still going to be a Paper Mario. Nintendo, don't prove me wrong. (laughs) Please, (laughs) release this game. (laughs) I have a pizza riding on it. I'm really looking forward to this game. We've been campaigning for it for 66 episodes, (laughs) pretty much. Execute Order 66. (laughs) Which is to release Paper Mario. <laughs> Do not kill the Jedi. <laughs> they already did that. They've done that already. <laughs> but seriously, Bowser, <sighs> Paper Mario. Uh, out of all these features, what would you guys say is the one you're most looking forward to? I think it's uh, personally, I kind of like the improvement of the shape of the controller and the triggers. Just, I feel like it's a little bit looking more like an Xbox controller. So that's probably why. I, Still no offset sticks. I don't know if we mentioned that. So it's still in line. Yeah. But it's getting closer and closer to look like that. So that's what I yeah. think I like. I, I don't have a big problem with the sticks not being offset personally. But also I did grow up on PlayStation. I, I've had friends who like have only played Xbox and they go play like a PlayStation on a, on a PlayStation controller. I'm like, this is so awkward and unnatural. I'm like, eh, it's not that terrible. Past few PlayStation designs have all been pretty similar. And this one is probably the most radical of all of them. Nothing really stands out to me of something that I absolutely need on this controller. Uh, I'm just excited about what's attached to it. Yeah, I mean, the haptic feedback is something that is probably the most interesting to me. The rest of this stuff is like, okay, yeah, that's expected, or like, I don't really care for that. But the haptic feedback, uh, the way they're describing it, that you can feel the tension and like the different surfaces you're walking on and all this stuff, uh, if that does work the way they're saying it's going to work, that's going to add to more immersive games, and I'm totally for that. One thing I see when I'm looking at all these features and stuff, clearly a lot of R&D went into this controller, and this controller is going to cost more than the, what is it, 69 or 59 is what a controller goes for for PS4, I Xbox? No uh, I think the MSRP 60, is $60. 50 to 70 depending on like if it has like... Yeah, like your st- different your, colors and yeah, stuff. Like yeah, like or brands yeah. on it or something. Your I standard is like fifty four ninety nine, I think, or maybe sixty four ninety nine, something like that. I definitely expect this controller to cost more than you know sixty bucks. It's probably gonna start at like seventy or eighty, uh, and this is gonna add. This is what's adding to the significant cost that we've kind of seen the rumors of for the PS five. I think. Uh, so yeah, so that's basically uh, everything as far as the uh, release of the PS5 controller. Now that we've gotten this, like the reveal of the controller, I can't wait to see what they show us with the console. Last topic, hodgepodge of gaming news. So a lot of stuff happened in the last uh, couple weeks, so we're just going to kind of touch on most of it, I guess. Uh, so we'll start with the inside Xbox that happened. Yeah. What date was that? It was not last... It was the same day as the PlayStation controller reveal. <laughs> uh, 
So, but either like, way, so much stuff is happening. Inside Xbox happened, and not not a lot of new stuff. We did get some release dates uh, for like you know they casually mentioned that Minecraft Dungeons has been delayed to May 26th. They said Gear Tactics is coming out April 28th on PC, Xbox One later this year. But the biggest thing I think would be grounded. They did do kind of a little bit more information on the single player story. Uh, so you are accompanied by a robotic companion named Burgle. Uh, he helps you fix the machine that can make you normal size again because this game is like all about you being honey, I shrunk the kids in the backyard. They, they alluded to like an evil force that's in this backyard. There's these like weird structures that have been built that look like modern in design and that evil force has an agenda but you don't know what that is and they are watching you is what they've said adding like another layer of like intrigue to the story and this kind of does make me more interested in the game because before it was just like honey i shrunk the kids you just got to survive and build and fight and do all this stuff to you know get normal size again and i'm like okay that seems like it might be fun for a little bit but it's not something that's going to keep my interest but now that they have like an actual story and like there's a reason for all this happening that makes me a little bit more invested in it they did show some gameplay which included building your base mostly like melee weapons uh you were building armor to survive you can do stealth if you want to do that if you want to do exploration you can go that route or if you just want to go gung-ho and fight like all these ants and bugs and stuff that's also a way to go they did say it's going to release in game preview in july the story is not currently finished once you start playing in july it's coming to Game Pass in July, by the way. Uh, once it comes to game preview, they want audience input to see how they can wrap this up and stuff. They have ideas, obviously, but they want to see like your reaction to what is happening. So maybe if you really like Burgle, he'll get a bigger story or like bigger arc or whatever. Or if you hate him, they'll kill him off. <laughs> or if you love him, they'll kill him off. Could be. So. And this is, uh, is this Obsidian? Obsidian's B team. Or okay. Whatever. All right. So the next thing in our hodgepodge of news, Gamescom 2020 is moving to an all digital format. So Gamescom 2020 is the latest event to like essentially be affected by the coronavirus. So initially it was supposed to take place in Cologne, Germany from August 22nd to the 29th. But the decision was made by Gamescom organizers, Kelnmess and the German Games Industry Association, AKA GAME. To have the convention take place as an all digital effect, and this is uh, this comes as a result of Germany's ban on all major events through the end of August. So now Gamescom, like the major conference itself, will take place from August twenty fifth to 29th. and the DevCom Developer Conference is going to take place from August twenty second to the twenty fourth. Yeah, because Jeff Keighley was alluding to, like he said before, even they canceled E three, he's like, I'm dropping out of E three just to focus on Gamescom. So we thought that's where some of the, these biggest news was going to come out anyway. So it's good to see that they are continuing in digital. I don't know what they were thinking in August, have hundreds of thousands of people all scrunched together in like one hall. That was not going to happen. So what are your guys thoughts on this? Could E3 have done this as well, move to an all digital format, despite the time crunch they would have been under? I think they could have. I am really baffled why they didn't because the fact that you're not going to be talked about this year is going to be the biggest, you know, mark on your reputation next year. Like if these companies are able to do their own digital events and stuff without your help, what's to stop them from doing that again next year? You're going to lose a lot of 
participants in E3. But if you had done digital and like put everything under your banner, at least your name's still out there. Yeah, you're not making the money that you would have having attendees and everything come in, but it still keeps you in the conversation. I think that's the biggest thing E3 needed, but they didn't do it. Yeah, honestly, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have been the same E three like at all. But still, they could have. But in the same vein, there's only like the same Gamescom either. But at least Gamescom still. They could have thrown something out there. So. Oh yeah, I mean, I I thought personally, I thought that's what they were going to do. And initially, was just going to move E three to digital. And when they said they were just canceling it straight up, I was like, I was surprised. But but somebody took the torch. Someone did take the torch, and someone is stepping up, and that's IGN. So IGN announced their summer of gaming. So on April 3rd, in the wake of E3 being canceled and all this other stuff happening, IGN announced their Summer of Gaming, which will be a global digital event that's going to kick off in June. So for their Summer of Gaming, IGN will be collaborating with 2K, Square Enix, Sega, Bandai Namco, Google Stadia, Twitter, Devolver Digital, THQ Nordic, and more. So this event's going to include live broadcasts, on-demand programming of IGN's coverage, and those like that coverage will include... Like developer interviews, hands-on gameplay and previews, new segments, and publisher presentations. So as of right now, we are under the assumption this will all be happening remotely with the coronavirus and everything. I think it's a pretty safe bet that's going to happen. Per Schneider, Chief Content and Product Officer at IGN, said the following in regard to the summer of gaming. So he said, With the next generation of console gaming kicking off later this year and gamers eager to learn more about what games they'll be playing on their new hardware... Our online event will be a key moment for publishers and developers to connect with the audience worldwide. So what's interesting here is that they haven't mentioned any of the big three. Right. Like Sony is not at least confirmed to be a part of this. Neither is Microsoft or Nintendo. I definitely think they're going to be doing their own events. And that's where the major games that have these publishing deals and stuff with them are going to be revealed. I think this event is going to be for like the smaller titles, like the Darksiders 3 or the... Like this will be more like your indies and stuff. Well, not or... indies, but like not like your not super... like your major AAA titles yeah. or whatever. I have squares in it. Maybe they'll maybe they'll give me some hope and be like, oh yeah, Final Fantasy remake part two. And I'll be like, yay! It's coming out in the next seven years. <laughs> Check it out right now. It's available right now on your PlayStation Four. <laughs> or they switch face fucking switch consoles. All right, it's exclusive to Xbox One for the next year. <laughs> and then after that, part three is only going to be on, on the, the Switch, switch for, for the next year. And it's like, haha, bitches, I have all. <laughs> IGN did say that there would be more information released in the coming weeks. And that was when this announcement was, wa- was made, excuse me, a couple weeks ago. So we haven't heard anything. Uh, but hopefully they release more information on it soon. What's everyone's like excitement level on this? I'm excited because this is obviously taking the place of E3 for me now. It, to an extent, outside of like the big three's own events and stuff that they're going to do. But as far as something to look forward to this summer, it's at least nice to get some sort of new content that we should have gotten with E3. Yeah, like you said, this is going to be more of like the indies or like the, the lower tier games or whatever. I expect any of the major announcements like... Uh, you know, the Ubisofts and Microsoft and everybody to do their major announcements is either going to be a Gamescom or their own events. So, yeah, this is cool. It's, I'm always down for a, a time where all gaming news can happen at once. I just don't think, based on the timeline of when this was announced versus when it's coming, I don't know how 
it's still the first time of them doing this. So yeah. I wouldn't have expectations to be as high as this being a replacement for E3. Right. That's not it. Yeah. I mean, but, I don't think it's going to live up to like, it's not going to live up to the pomp and circumstance of E3 and it's not going to be to like the grand scale of E3, but it's, it's nice going from having something to not having anything to now we're at least going to get a little bit of something. So. Yeah. And you know, those indies, thrive at e3 with all the tension on the gaming's industry all the uh, attention going to the gaming industry at once that they can you know share some of the limelight with these bigger hitters uh it's nice to see somebody like you know catering to that so i'm totally down so we'll move on to the final news of the past couple weeks the biggest rumor is that microsoft is going to buy sega this is ridiculous yes! <laughs> more than a grain of salt you need a block of salt all right so according to the latest rumor Microsoft and Sega were preparing a joint announcement that was going to take place on June 14th. So, like, there was a leak, an, an ad image uh, of a joint venture of Xbox and Sega logos. They were side by side with the phrase "Power Your Dreams" underneath. And the oh, June that's inspiring, yeah. And the June 14th, 2020 date on it as well, which would have been right in line with E3. Uh, these rumors are also going hand in hand with Xbox's desire to expand into the Japanese market with Xbox Game Pass having come to Japan earlier this week on the 14th. So the ad also shows the exclusive statement, tune in for exclusive world premieres and more information from our newest creators at Xbox Game Studios. So you know what that means. I think that's that's too big of a leap. No way. I think it's, yeah, this is June 14th. This was our E3 thing. We're going to be talking about all our Xbox Game Studios. By the way, we're also partnering with Sega for this exclusive game or whatever like just how sony partnered with uh square enix for final fantasy 7 or you know what was the other neo 2 or whatever something like that i think it's gonna be uh, a jrpg or something for the xbox to try and get that foothold in japan skies of arcadia that's my that's that's where my money's at it was a hit for the dreamcast they redid it for the uh, gamecube a little bit sega still owns the ip i did some research they've been Really excited about bringing it back at some point. They tried to before. It never really worked out. I think this would be the perfect way to either do a remaster. Uh, I don't think they'll do an out-out remake or uh, possibly a sequel. No, you're right. You're both wrong because Microsoft absolutely is buying Sega. Oh my God. And now what is going to happen is finally our dreams will be realized of the ultimate Xbox and Sega crossover game. Sonic Forza? Sonic Forza. No. <laughs> well, I mean, that's one of them. You will also have Hellblade, Senua's Sega. <laughs> <My God. laughs> you will have Halo Rush, which will be the Sonic and Master Chief crossover where Sonic will race Master Chief while Master Chief is in a warhog. This next one's my favorite. <laughs> sea of Monkey Balls. <laughs> this will be the Sea of Thieves slash Super Monkey Balls crossover. Make of that what you will. <laughs> I think a Crazy Taxi Forza mix would be fun. Yeah, that, that makes more sense. Crazy Taxi Forza. Yes, that'd be brilliant. Anything else? More dream um, crossover games. Ooh. Jet Grind Gears of War. <laughs> <laughs> jet Grind Gears, because now yeah. they dropped the yeah, war. Yeah, Jet Grind, jet grind Gears. Where you're, jet Grinding My Gears. Where you jet look like a gears. hedgehog in armor, and you're just... Jet Set Gears. Oh, yeah, most of the Gears people already look like they're hedgehogs, because they're all, like, clumped over. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> okay. So it'll be like a Marcus the Hedgehog game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just rolls around. It'd be Kate now, but... Yeah. I will pizza bet anyone right now <laughs> that they have not and will not buy Sega. Zach, take it. I so badly. 
Take it, Zach. Just don't shake on it. I'm, I'm not going to shake on it because it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I want to exactly. dream, man. I want to dream. <laughs> you are fucking. I'll buy a pizza. <laughs> All, right. All right. We didn't shake on it, but we fist bumped. So this is the bet. If Microsoft buys Sega, and that's what this announcement is, is yeah. <laughs> then I will buy you a pizza. If they haven't bought or haven't or will not buy Sega. Sega this announcement is not them buying Sega as a first party studio. Yeah, we're not counting like joint venture as yeah. like this, right? Like outright exactly. buying Sega. Exactly. I'm so down a pizza. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you take that back? But it's just fun. <laughs> <laughs> you got pressured into it. No, it's fun. It's a good time. It'll be like like do we actually think this is gonna happen? I mean, we just made the bet, so probably not, but like let, dream, man. They want to power our dreams. Dreams is actually for the PlayStation. Sea of monkey balls, bro. <laughs> Now, there was that rumor that there's going to be two different digital events for Microsoft coming up. One's in May uh, for Xbox, not Microsoft in general. One's in May, one's in June. And both of these are split between what their actual E3 announcement was going to be. So even that, I think, is a stretch. I don't think they'll do two announcements back to back. I think they'll do one huge one that includes the reveal of the the full like launch library price and all that stuff for the Series X. And then um, include like you know current games that are coming out this year, and then also stuff to look forward to in the future. Gameplay, beta details for Halo Infinite. Would love that. Chance, anything to add? Not really. Just excited. Like if something like that does go down, dude. See if Monkey uh, Balls. <laughs> I don't know about that, but yeah. So that was kind of like the hodgepodge of news. There, were, there was a bunch of stuff happening, and we left kind of the minor stuff out. But I think we touched on everything that was major that happened in the last couple weeks so subpar subtitles wow <laughs> time for subpar subtitles this is a game we like to end the podcast with we basically take the principle that game developers like naming their game with franchise colon subtitle and that's sub hyphen t-i-t-l-e like doom eternal so uh, i've basically taken that and created one fake subtitle and intermixed it with a bunch of real subtitles and i will give it to our panel here and their job is to figure out which one is the fake one we've been keeping score since we started playing earlier this year so what are the scores rick and i are both tied at the top of the table with nine points and then chances pulling up the goose egg at zero i have faith in you chance (laughs) All right, so a hero nobody knows, Lords of Mayhem, Gore, Guts, and Gumbo, Rise of the Imperfects, Tokyo Rumble. Say them one more time for those of you listening at home. A hero nobody knows, Lords of Mayhem, Gore, Guts, and Gumbo. Rise of the Imperfects, and Tokyo Rumble. Zach, why don't we start with you? Uh, I'm going to go with the, um, what was it, the Guts, Gore, and Gumbo, I think it was. Which was what, C? C. I, I think so. C. Rick, what about you? Tied between A and B. So let's go B. <laughs> let's go D. <laughs> Lords of Mayhem. Lords of Mayhem. Chance, what about you? Uh, I'm going to go with A. 
A for chance. So now the twist. You guys have the option to keep your answer. And if that is the correct answer, you will get a total of three points. However, you can choose to say that they were all real or that they were all fake. And if that is indeed the case, get a total of six, which is double. So I ask you, Chance, what do you say? Um, I'll just stay. Chance is staying. Rick. Also staying. Rick is staying. I'm staying. Staying as well. All right. Everyone ready? Yep. One Punch Man. A hero nobody knows. Real game. Wolfson, Lords of Mayhem. Real game. Gore, Guts, and Gumbo. Not a real game. (laughs) Marvel Nemesis, Rise of the Imperfects. Real game. River City, Tokyo Rumble. Real game. Zach pops up to 12. Let's go. Which means Zach has taken the lead for the first time ever in the history of this game. Yes! (laughs) Never looking back! (laughs) From this point forward, I'm picking everything Rick does. (laughs) What if you go first? Fuck off! (laughs) Oh my god. Alright, so yeah, those are the scores and... Alright, so thanks for listening. Remember, you can catch us every other Monday on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. Uh, don't forget to follow us on our streams as well. If We're posting it on Twitter, any of our Mixer streams or anything like that. So follow Mixer us. Mixer or Twitch, possibly. Or Twitch. We, we, will, we will do both. You can reach us with any questions, comments, uh, or concerns at the Entitled Gaming Podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at TugPod, on Instagram at TUG-POD, and on Facebook at the Entitled Gaming Podcast. And then we also ask that you subscribe and leave us reviews. Five-star reviews for us. One-star reviews for every other podcast. I wrote down Tokyo Gumbo. <laughs> <laughs>